in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So, folks, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. And our sound money process goes something like this. when You, 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 you have to call for a visit. You come in. There's no meter running. Leave your checkbook, wallet, and purse at home. We'll meet on a complimentary basis for as Many times necessary to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. Uh, for your convenience, we have multiple locations. Milford's a home office, also remote offices in Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in Florence, Kentucky. Now, you're going to meet one or all three of the guys you make a connection with, Greg Brown, Barry Parnell, James Borth, one or more of us when you come in to visit. Uh, and if you have a 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan, and you're no longer with the company, you can roll that over into a traditional IRA so you can take control of it, invest it how you want to. And even if you are still employed, if you're over 59 and a half, most plans will allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover. We're not going to value you based on the size of your wallet or purse. Give us a call. Set an appointment at 513-575-9673. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. If you'd rather send us over an email and schedule an appointment or ask a question, please do at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call us right now at the studio and share your thoughts at 513-749-5500 or pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. James, what's going on today? Well, today's topic is about retirement risk that really need to be planned for. And why addressing the risks now will result in a healthier, maybe a happier retirement, perhaps later. How many people do this, James? <laughs> well, that's a good point. We'll, All we'll right. go through them and let you decide, folks. So the analogy that we're going to use, or maybe several analogies, starting with your home. And most people, when they buy the home, when they buy the house, they're aware of the general upkeep, the repairs, the maintenance that goes along with it. Whereas, comparatively speaking to like an apartment where the landlord gets to take care of those types of tasks and that type of work. With a home, you want to, and you really need to keep up with this, keep up with not only the repairs and the maintenance inside, but also all the stuff outside, your roof especially, your yard, everything that comes Windows. along with owning a house. Yes. The same analogy applies to your cars. Now, Everyone out there I know does this on a routine basis. You keep up with all those scheduled oil changes and maintenance checkups, right? You don't wait until the check engine light comes on. Well, perhaps you do. You don't wait until the car actually breaks down. Well, perhaps you do. But nevertheless, it's the general maintenance, the preventative maintenance, that keeps you from having as many problems later. So if you make adjustments now on the front end, and this is where we transition to the topic about retirement, so if you make the adjustments now on the front end, you likely have fewer problems later throughout the retirement journey, which could be a very long process. But we all know life is never stress-free, at least not completely stress-free, right? Sometimes it's entirely stressful, but 
Nevertheless, almost always you encounter at least a problem or two along the way, different risks that you maybe didn't quite plan for, and you have to adjust. Hopefully, if you have a plan, adjust your plan along the way. But once again, if you prepare as much as you can on the front end, you'll be much happier on the back end. And today's topic, that's what this ties into, is different really important retirement risk, making sure that you know what you're getting into ahead of time so that you can plan accordingly. So let's talk about an overview of what's going to go on today. Uh, Ten thought-provoking questions. What are the retirement risks that you need to plan for? Are there specific investments available that you can plan for inflation? What is the life expectancy today for male and female How do I know if I am working with a true fiduciary, which we are, by the way. I say it every week. How are bonds affected when interest rates rise? What is the average rate of inflation? If I want to avoid or minimize market risk, what type of investment should I consider? What is the sequence of returns risk? How often should I monitor my retirement plan to make sure I'm on track? What is a maybe income plan? James? Well, with great risk comes great reward, right? At least it seems that way, but it's not always that way. And think about this. In retirement, when you say, what is the number one fear for retirees? It's not death. It's actually no longer, you know, for the love of Pete, don't put me into a nursing home, whoever Pete may actually be. It's actually running out of money before you're running out of life. That's the number one fear for retirees is going broke during retirement. Now, whether it's your individual retirement or your collective retirement, depends upon your marital status, of course, and also your family obligations. But nevertheless, that's what the plan really should be in place to start with, first and foremost, is the income plan. Making sure that you have sufficient cash flow during retirement. Cash flow is king. So once again, how we come in, how we help, what what can Brown do for you, this is where when you say look for someone along the way that can help you, someone that specializes in retirement planning and helps people just like you on a day-in and day-out basis, and, again, the obvious, someone such as us. Barry? Well, it will definitely help you take stress off your shoulders if you have someone to help you, someone knowledgeable with fiduciary responsibility to help you, unless you're a total do-it-yourselfer out there, but even then you might need a little bit of help. So when you are driving, you don't expect to run over a nail and get a flat tire, right? Or with your home, you're not planning for a big storm to come by, well, like recently in Oklahoma, uh, to damage your roof and even flatten your house. I mean, you don't expect that. Well, sometimes these things do happen, and life happens during retirement as well. None of us can really 100% predict the future and tell us exactly, well, except that you're going to pass it sometime, but... Uh, and tell us exactly how your retirement journey is going to pan out. There's curveballs all throughout life. Uh, But those who build a plan on the front end to avoid and limit risk and damages will be the ones that have more likelihood to be successful. Well, our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. So going back to the cars and the automobiles, the analogy is that you have insurance on those different types of things, those different types of assets. Well, in general, the same should apply to your retirement. There should be some form of insurance on your retirement. 
And once again, whether it's your individual or collective retirements. Now, some of the different concepts of when we call this red money, yellow money, and green money. So, Barry, remind us again, what's the different colors of money? What do they represent? Well, uh, green money is, I know so, money, CDs, bank accounts, uh, fully insured product like an annuity, things like that. Yellow money is risk, but it's yellow because it's managed risk. So you can get in and out and uh, adjust your risk based on what's going on in your life. And red money is just at risk, shooting for the moon. You will get the best rewards over time, but can you stand the risk? So once again, red money and yellow money are both market-based. They have market risk. The difference is the red money is unmanaged market risk. Yellow money is professionally managed market risk. And then the green money is insurance-based, I know so. And again, a little asterisk about the you know, claims paying ability of the insurance company. But nevertheless, we're talking about billion-dollar insurance companies. So primarily speaking, when we talk about green money investments or green money types of income, they come from sources such as Social Security. They come from perhaps green money also applies to a pension, a company pension. Now, there are many cases, many times where a company pension has gone bankrupt. And then what winds up happening is that you get a quite a significant haircut when the government takes over the pension payouts. But nevertheless, it still qualifies for a form of green money protection. And the same applies also to fixed indexed annuities or also fixed annuities. And yes, what Barry mentioned before about the CDs also applies. Bank CDs, treasuries, and other types of, of government bonds also are green money types of investments. And the money in your pocket right now. Yes, your checking and savings account. It's safety that will not go backwards, but nevertheless, it won't earn a significant amount of income or money, comparably speaking to what the market usually does. There's more. There's much and, more. And it can go backwards as far as keeping up with inflation. We'll talk more of that Yes, later. and stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and yes, we are a fiduciary. We have that responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients not companies, when you call us at 513-575-9654 to schedule a visit, we won't buy it. It's like having a cup of coffee with a friend. won't cost you a penny. Just come on in. Uh, we have multiple locations for your convenience, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in Florence. We can also help you with that uh, 
401k, 403b, some kind of company plan. If you're no longer with a company, chances are your money probably shouldn't be either. You can roll that out into either a traditional or Roth, depending on what type it is, and take control of it and invest it how you want to. We can help you with that, folks. Give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email. We will answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call the studio right now, 513-749. That's 5,500. Pound 550 on your at wires. James, what's going on? All right. Back to the topic of the day about the retirement risk that you need to plan for. So think about this. When you address these things ahead of time, it's like doing a stress test on your retirement plan. And that's, of course, assuming that you do have a plan in the first place. But nevertheless, the stress test. Making adjustments now, that can literally save you thousands of dollars over time. And remember this, the retirement for a typical American lasts about 25 years. It's 20 to 25 years, depending upon if you're male or female, but nevertheless, the average is close to 25 years. So yes, if you make the adjustments now ahead of time, you will be much better off during your retirement years, during the so-called golden years. But a good plan can also make the difference between staying retired going broke, and maybe having to move in with the kids. That's always a pleasant thought, isn't it? So here are the different types of issues, the things that cause stress, and also the risks that need to be addressed prior to stepping off that cliff, taking that final paycheck. That's, Barry? Right. That's right. And there's there's several types of risks. Let's start with the most riskiest of risk, and that's market risk. Uh, the, that's the first risk, and one of the most common risks that we come across in portfolios on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Market risk is simply having money in the stock market with the chance of losing it due to market fluctuations. Now, it's the thing we've seemingly dreaded since the Great Recession in 2008. Everybody remembers that. Wiped out. Wiped out's a strong word uh, because if you had large-cap S&P-type stocks, you didn't go broke. The bad Which, joke was the 401Ks become like yeah, the 201Ks. 200 and a half or something, if you want to be specific. But, yeah, what goes down will come up. You have these kind of years. They don't come around much often when the S&P loses. It was down 50 at one point. It ended up with 37 at the end of the year. You don't see that very often, maybe every 30, 40 years. So uh, that was pretty severe, and that's on a lot of people's minds. But that's been now 11 years ago. So, Think about this for a second. When you're young and you're first starting out, let's just say 20 years old, because um, it's an easy number, your mindset is likely what? You want to, and you should be, in my opinion, if, if you're planning for retirement and the funds for retirement, you should be, you should have a high level of market risk. Why? Because you're young. You have time for ups and downs, even in 2008. It has recovered and it's back on top. So you have many years. Now, in order for that to happen, you'll want to put money away, invest it, and hope it grows. In order to, for it to grow, people often put their money in the stock market. And as we just said, if you're young, you should be uh, diversified in the stock market. So over time, the stock market, if you average it out, if you put your money in 100 years ago or more than 100 years ago in the S&P and didn't touch it, you would have gained, on average, an annual rate of return of about 8.34% which most people would take. And diversification in this case means not only the asset class diversification, but also the tax status 
diversification. That means having or putting some of your money into Roth types of accounts. So maybe depending upon your income level, when you're young especially, when you have time for that to grow on a tax-free basis, maybe that's the time to put money away into Roth accounts. Or, or even a non-qualified if you exceed the, the maximum, which is 7000 over 50 right now. Yes. But nevertheless, over the course of time, if you have the years, perhaps decades, for that money to grow on a tax-free basis, that's fantastic. Now, the trade-off, of course, is that you get no tax breaks, at least comparatively speaking, when the money is put into the account. So it's like paying taxes on the seeds versus the harvest, so to speak. But the Roth account does work wonders for many people out there. The biggest obstacle for most people, though, is just simply the concept of time. Do you have time to let your money grow? Now, the disconnect also happens when you start getting close to retirement and you continue to invest the same way you did when you were much younger. Now, we're not saying that you should always downsize your market risk. We're saying if that's a type of event that causes your stomach acid to churn, if it's causing you sleepless nights when you see the market fluctuations, that's when you know that you're improperly allocated to the market. And the purpose of uh, that money. We, we have 80-year-olds that wants 100% risk. It's because that bucket is for his, his or her loved ones. It depends on the purpose of that. The purpose and the time horizon. But it's still a major issue because most people, and again, most people that are in their 50s and the 60s, they're very different from that same person when they were in their 20s and the 30s. Lifestyles are different. Your wants, your needs are quite often very different. So if the stock market, again, is causing you anxiety, stress, sleepless nights, that's the sign, here's your sign, Barry, that your current portfolio is not set up according to your allocation as far as your risk number is concerned. So you probably have too much market risk or too much of your investments at market risk, and maybe that's where you want to start downsizing your market risk. So think about this. On average, the market has a downturn every seven to eight years. And the downturns could be where you lose 10%, maybe you lose 20%, or in some cases, like go back to 2008, you lose maybe 30 or 40%. Now, going and hitting the Wayback Machine before 2008, the time before that was about 2001. So, yes, seven years before 2008, 2001, the dot-com bubble. Seven years before that, 1994, Iraq had just invaded Kuwait, interest rates shot up, and then seven years before then, October of 1987 was when we had the Black Monday event. But hold on a minute, James. Don't put it in people's mind that seven years they need to get out of the market because there's been more than seven years when it was up and up and up So, I, because I had that post to me, the seven-year rule. So it's not – but go ahead, James. How about – okay. So, in other words, if you do the math, there are times when the market does pull back. And, no, it's not every seven years. It just seems, seems like <laughs> it if you look back at history, perhaps. But, ideally, and this is where your retirement plan really should have kind of like a built-in shock absorber for things like market corrections. Okay? That's the point is your plan should have safeguards in place for the occasional market corrections. And actually, we, we, have, uh, we have studies that show that almost every single year, 2017 was an exception, almost every single year, in good years and in bad, there is corrections of 10% or more that you don't even know. If you take the 
the highest point of that year and the, and the lowest point of that year, there's lots of corrections during the year, and you don't even feel it. But anyway, how about the sequence of returns risk? All now, right. If, if you don't know what that is, it's a financial term related to market risks, risks that every person concerned about retirement should be aware of. A sequence of returns. When you start withdrawing money from a fluctuating account, that's usually when you retire. If you have a big 401k IRA, then you're taking out, let's say, a 4 or 5% withdrawal rate, but it still needs to make you money because it's got to cover withdrawal rate plus the uh, inflation rate. So you're, you're pulling money, you're putting pressure on your nest egg. The most uh, common way people's retirement can get destroyed is when you're pulling money and the market's going down, especially a year like 2008. has like a downward spiral effect. That's right. So even though it came back, uh, many people today draw an income in retirement off their investments. And in that situation, it would be their investments that are held in the stock market. Now, when you're young and working and you're not taking money, you leave it alone, you know it's going to come back, so you don't touch it. It's not a big concern. But when you are nearing retirement, especially when you are in retirement, you need an income to pay your bills. So you have to be aware of the sequence of returns. The sequence of returns risk is why it's so important to have an income plan as part of your overall investment and retirement plan. A balanced plan. plan. Yes, and also a balanced plan. So in other words, if the market is going backwards or or treading kind of sideways, but especially if it's trending towards negative returns and you're drawing money out of the account, that's when you start to putting your account more quickly than what you may have otherwise planned for. And once again, if you have means to take income from sources or accounts other than market-based accounts, that's where you can be much better off during the course of your retirement. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. But after a break, we'll get to the different types of risk, including tax risk, inflation risk, and even bond risk. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Bort. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm, and we're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So, folks, when you come to visit, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. And our sound money process goes like that. You come in for a visit. There's no meter running. Leave your checkbook, wallet, and purse at home. We'll meet on a complimentary basis, many times necessary, to fully analyze your situation to create a personalized income plan. We call it a retirement compass. It's a compass to your retirement. And for your convenience, we have multiple locations. Milford on the east side is our home office. We also have remote offices in Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the pond in beautiful Florence, Kentucky. And if you're not along with a company and you have a company plan like 401K, 403B, MOUSC, some kind of company plan, we can help you roll that out into a tax. It's tax neutral, no taxes, uh, until you actually withdraw it for consumption and, and into a, a IRA or maybe a Roth, depending on the type, and take control of it. Give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. 
Email us. We'll answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call the studio right now. Share your thoughts with us, 513-749-5500, or pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. Mr. Board. All right. Well, we talked about market risk. We also talked about the sequence of return risk when we talk about the different types of risk to be prepared for. The next one kind of ties into this as well is the tax risk. What? Yes. And yes, there are people that are still surprised when they reach that magical age of 70 and a half. At least that's the magical age right now. Who knows what Congress is going to do in the near future? Let's say no taxes for anybody over 65. Would you go for that? Oh, sure. Okay. All right. So 70 and a half, that's when you have the required distributions, the required minimum distributions that start kicking in, the RMDs. And this means whether you need to take the money out or not, you still have to do so anyways because Uncle Sam wants wants to start collecting his tax dollars. Yes. So when we talk about the traditional types of accounts from the 401Ks, the 403Bs, other types of employer-sponsored plans, even those IRAs, the internal revenue accounts, or actually the individual retirement arrangement types of accounts, that's when you need to start distributing the monies again Whether you need the money or not, the distributions have to occur, and that means taxes need to be accounted for. I will say this, James. There are are exceptions for company plans if you're still working and don't own 5%. Yes. There's some exceptions to RMD, but not for traditionals. Excellent point. So kind of the uh, double whammy impact, yes, it's official term here, double whammy impact is even your Social Security benefits get added to what's called your combined or threshold income, that means you start paying taxes indirectly taxes, yes, directly and indirectly paying taxes on even your Social Security benefits. Barry, how much could your Social Security be taxed? As much uh, as what? Up, right now it's up to 85% if you're over a very small threshold. If you're married, filing uh, jointly, it's somewhere in an, it's, it's 44000 Never been adjusted for inflation. And if you're married jointly and between 34 and 44, it's 50 percent is subject to tax. And under that, if you're unfortunate enough to make less than 34, marry, filing jointly, uh, it's zero. So it's never been adjusted. So, yes, one way of mitigating your tax risk. Let me see if I can say that right. Mitigating your tax risk is to maximize your Social Security benefits. And, again, that's part of your overall income plan, part of your retirement plan. So one solution to this, perhaps, from the traditional types of accounts, is to see if maybe Roth conversions make sense. And the Roth conversions, first and foremost, is simply a tax consideration. And I say that because you can have the exact same investments. Your IRA could be invested in the exact same thing when it was a traditional IRA compared to when it's a Roth IRA. The investment status does not change or does not have to change. It's just simply how and when do you pay your taxes. How and when you pay your taxes means from what accounts do you pay your taxes. So if you have to cannibalize your investment account, your IRA, for example, just to pay your taxes, that's when you know the Roth conversion does not make any sense for you, at least not for your individual situation, not in that particular year. So one Workaround is to start doing partial conversions from traditional to Roth. Once again, a tax consideration, a tax discussion to be had with your local tax advisor. Again, <laughs> someone such as us. James Worth. Yes. Maybe 
perhaps maximize or fill up your tax brackets as a way of knowing what is the cost of my conversion. So for example, if you're in the 12% tax bracket, add in maybe 3% for the state. So your known cost of conversion for that would be 15%. If you're in a little bit higher bracket, maybe the 22% bracket, let's say again 3% for the state, now 25% total tax rate or tax cost for the conversion of traditional to Roth accounts. So once again, that's just one avenue to look at. Another one, if you're over the age of 70 and a half, you have subject to the RMDs from your IRAs, is to explore doing what's called qualified charitable distributions. Now, this entails giving your money away. <laughs> so first and foremost, if you're going to donate your money and claim a deduction on your Schedule A taxes, well, perhaps instead look at doing what's called a qualified charitable distribution. That way it counts towards your RMD, but it does not count towards your tax bill. Great solution, right? And you can also go above and beyond, in some cases way above and beyond, your required minimum distribution because you can donate as much as $100,000 from your IRAs and still have it not count towards your income. But, yes, it does count towards satisfying your R&D. So there's many different parts of the planning process. There's nothing that's quite, you know, when we say related, everything is connected. Your retirement plan, your income plan, your tax plan, all those are connected to the others. And taxation, of course, can be a huge part. And like we always like to say, pay your fair share to Uncle Sam, but, but you don't tip. have to tip him too. Yeah. Barry? And we can help you not tip uh, unless you want to tip. Uh, okay, how about inflation risk? This, this is uh, a lot of times people don't think about this, but we do have inflation in varying degrees. It will continue to occur, so we can't forget about it. Food, health care, transportation, energy costs are going to continue to rise along with other things. You want to be sure to have a plan set up that accounts for inflation and keep up with this uh, as well as the cost of living. Inflation risk, risk is, in essence, the opposite of market risk. As we mentioned earlier, market risk is having too much exposure to losing money in the market. Inflation risk is just the opposite, having too much set aside for safety without really any or very little potential to grow, like CDs, money markets, money in your mattress, savings account, money in your pocket, things like that? Well, I'd say the easy answer is maybe to find a happy balance. I know Barry's right. favorite word is balance. Mm -hmm. So having a balance somewhere in the middle of these two different types of risks. But when we say, what's the current rate of inflation? Right now, it's averaging around 2%, 2.0%. And that's as of the latest numbers from March of 2018 through March low. of 2019. Yes. Pretty low. Now, the good news and bad news about this is it's actually gone down even more from that. I say good news and bad news. That's the good news, right? The bad news is that the projected cost of living for benefits such as your Social Security is projected to be either a 0.0% or perhaps a robust 0.1%. That's the projected COLA what, for right 2019? now. For going into 2020, that is a projected COLA for benefits such as your Social Security It's benefits. all relative, James. It's all relative. Now, going back and seeing what historical numbers have looked like for inflation, and these are in five-year increments. So 2015, it was 0.7%. 2010, 1.5%. 2005, 3.4%. And 2000, also 3.4%. 
So what we've also seen, though, is historically inflation has averaged or ranged anywhere from, say, 3% to 5% is the historical average. So let's just call it somewhere in the middle and say 4%. That means that your investments need to make at least 4% just to keep up with the rate of inflation, right? That's the part of what we call the inflation risk. So even if you're invested in what you think is a very safe product, say, for example, a bank CD, you might still be losing money to inflation risk. Safe way to lose money. Let's take a break, James. All right. And once again, there's many different things that we have yet to cover today. And if you just want to simply call us, Brown Financial Advisors, we can help. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisor. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for you. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. Uh, so give us a call at 513-575-9654. The schedule of visit we have Remote locations, our home office is Milford. We have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys you make a connection with, Greg Brown, James Forth, myself, Barry Parnell. Uh, visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email if you'd rather communicate that way. Please feel free. We're going to answer every single question. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James? Well, Barry, let's segue into the next type of risk, which is known as bond yeah. risk. Let's talk about bonds. People think bonds are safe, but bond there are risks with bonds. That's just buying debt. How quality is that debt? Uh, bond, you know, many people are unfamiliar with it, but bonds have, have been pictured to save money for the years, but uh, may not necessarily be the case unless, and still I don't think there's, this is without risk, government or treasury bonds. If you had had corporate or municipal bonds back in 2008 when the market took a big hit, you would probably agree with uh, what we mean here. Yes, bonds may be safer than equities, but they carry some risk too. They also don't rise like stocks potentially can rise. Uh, so what are we getting, getting at when we say referring to bond risk? Bonds have an inverse relationship with interest rates which ties directly to another risk, which is interest rate risk. When interest rates are high, bonds suffer. When interest rates are low, bonds typically perform better. At the end of 2008, the Fed lowered the benchmark interest rates basically to big fat zero and has been held at very low rates artificially or to quantitative easing, you might have heard, ever since. They are starting to come up, though, slightly. So if you're thinking outside the box right now, interest rates likely only have one way to go. And I think that's right. James, do you agree that probably they're going to start going up and might get back to what's normal, what, 5 or 6%, but they're still pretty low right now. And in that case, bonds may not be the best place, especially the type of bonds. We like to deal with high-grade corporate bond laddering funds, which we'll talk about 
briefly in a minute. James? Right. And going back to the teeter-totter concept about the interest rates compared to the bonds. So think about this. As the interest rates start going up, that means your bonds, comparatively speaking, become worth a little bit less. Not completely worthless, just a little bit worth less. Two words, worth less. Which <laughs> means that your older bonds will not have the same value as what maybe the newer bonds perhaps so, could possibly So they're less have. attractive to buy, but if you stay with the maturity of the bond, you're going to get paid off. But that's why we like short-term bonds, like three months turning over. Which so also you- ties to the next type of risk, which is liquidity risk. So once again, if you hold your bond, your debt to maturity, you're going to get paid whatever interest rate that that company or that particular entity promised to pay by holding their debt. Did you have a thought? Finish up your thoughts. No, just that um, the, the, the bonds, there's different, there's different quality of bonds. There's junk bonds, which can buy higher risk, but they're more risky. Uh, I'm just saying the bonds that we deal with are usually – uh, are is an ETF with hundreds of bonds turning over every three to six months, so we don't get in a pinch with interest rates rising and not be able to get rid of bonds. We turn them over real quick. That's a that's a great point because the difference between individual bonds and the bond funds, and a great way to mitigate the risk of the bonds is to actually own the funds of the bonds, not just one individual bond. And as I touched on a little bit before about the liquidity risk. So when you have longer-term investments, that includes your annuities, especially the variable annuities, the REITs, which are the real estate investment trusts, and once again, any type of long-term investment that can tie up your money, which leaves you perhaps unable to access your own funds in case of emergency. That's the point of having liquidity risk is if you have life that happens or emergencies that happen and you need your money right now, but it's all tied up in some other type of a long-term investment, then that's the liquidity risk. Especially REITs. I see people getting a pinch with REITs where you, you can't sell because nobody wants to buy it. Let's talk about longevity risk. Since Social Security was established back in 1935, the average, average lifespan for an individual has increased significantly. Back then, the average lifespan was 65 years old. So I'm three years away from that. According to the Social Security Administration website, a man reaching the age of 65 today can expect to live another 19 years to 84 on average. A woman turning 65, and this is, James, a healthy man and woman, let's say reasonably healthy, uh, today can expect to live to 86.5, again, on average. That's the whole point. If you've made it to 65, then the likelihood that you're going to live until your mid-80s is actually quite high, maybe perhaps even into your 90s. So if you go somewhere in the middle, let's say 85 years old or 20 years longer than the average lifespan back in 1935, wow, what's it going to be in another 50 years? Uh, Is it safe to say that people are living much longer today due to medical advances, nutrition, uh, and, and health? The number one fear of a retiree isn't dying. It's outliving their money, James. You said this earlier. Making sure your retirement plan works up to age 80. We actually do the plans to 90, and they're still not out of money, or maybe even 100. And you need to review and make adjustments along the way. Well, and here's a term that may make a little bit of, of you know sense out there, or maybe a lot of sense, and it may make may, you know, some people a little bit unsettled. It's what's called the maybe income plan. So when we talk about longevity risk, What goes along with it is the risk called maybe you have income, maybe you don't. So in other words, 
an income plan that someone has set up to get them to a certain life expectancy. You're projected to live until age 85. Will you plan or you project to have your benefits, your income, your money live also until age 85? That's all well and good until you live to, say, 90 or 95. That's where the maybe income plan just really doesn't cut it anymore. All right. Now, the other risk, Barry, and I'll let you touch on this one, is a risk of losing a spouse. Yeah, besides the emotional impact and all that stuff, but losing a spouse can can really cause intense grief. It can cause a, a drastic life lifestyle change adjustment, especially if it's not planned for. For First of all, one of your Social Security checks can disappear, the smaller of the two. And if one of you have a pension, it might be greatly reduced or might go away depending on the survivor benefit. Uh, you need a plan that considers both uh, for you and the individual future retirement if spouses passes before usually one leaves before the other james they usually don't go together so the good news about having social security and perhaps also a pension is that even if one of the spouses passes away you still have the paycheck coming in now that also means usually you lose one of the paychecks social security you're going to lose the smaller of the two paychecks pension also normally when you have the pension the pensioner who passes away that means that there's survivor benefits. Now, maybe it's only a 50% survivor benefit. Maybe, hopefully, it's more like 75% or even 100% of a benefit. But that's part of your planning process is knowing ahead of time what do your benefits look like. Now, a couple other risks that we're going to just barely touch on. healthcare risk, having the right type of Medicare insurance, perhaps, or not having the right type of insurance is the major risk. So we're not saying necessarily buy Medicare supplements or Medicare Advantage. We're saying buy one or the other. Don't rely just on original Medicare. There's also the risk of becoming incapacitated, maybe needing long-term care, liability from lawsuits, which also leads to the final risk that we're going to talk about today, which is advisor risk. Advisor risk, which is where you want to make sure that the advisor that you choose is not giving you bad advice or a bad retirement plan. How would you know, James? So the last thing you want to do is for someone guiding you in the wrong direction to start giving you that bad advice and taking that bad advice. And that's where we come in. Once again, Brown Financial Advisors, what can Brown do for you? Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. All right, folks. On behalf of Greg Brown, James Borth, myself, the Kentucky and Barry Parnell, thanks for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.